The second reaction was, oh no, I'm going to lose my garden. Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast. I'm your host, Misty Little. That was Katie Swanberg, and she was my guest today on episode 12. I first met Katie on Twitter several years ago, um, where I found a rich online gardening community uh, that I couldn't find elsewhere. And since then, I've gotten to know Katie and several others via Twitter and blogs and email and chatting uh, that way. Katie first shared her one of her gardens on Sprout Dispatch, a garden collaborative blog I used to run. It's kind of dormant at the moment. Uh, when I did a summer garden series in 2013, which showcased uh, a lot of people's gardens throughout the throughout the country. And since then, Katie's left that garden and started another garden. And that was kind of the topic we we talked about on the podcast with starting gardens and leaving gardens and all the emotions and feelings that come along with that. And Katie is now starting another garden uh, and kind of a life uh, in her house in Northern California, starting from scratch and building it all herself from things she's learned before and things she's learning again. And for the most part, doing it all by herself with a little help from friends and family uh, when she needs it. So if you have any questions for Katie, you can leave a comment on the blog or you can find her on her Twitter page or her blog, which is in the show notes. And she mentions it at the end of the podcast as well. And a few housekeeping notes. The first is that I did end up getting uh, the podcast on Google Play. So if you use Google as your primary listening device, you can now find it there. And as always, it's on iTunes or Stitcher. So if you could also leave a rating and review there, that'd be awesome. So that way other people can find me, find the podcast a little bit easier. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at gpathpodcast or via email, gardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, there we go. Okay, so I guess we'll just go ahead and get started if you want to tell everybody who you are and where you garden. Sure. My name is Katie Swanberg. I garden in Northern California, uh, in Roseville, technically. It's about 20 miles northeast of Sacramento. Um, My garden zone is 9B, so I can pretty much grow a lot of stuff most of the year, um, and that's that's who I am. So is it pretty dry climate, I guess. You guys- yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's very dry. Our summers are very, very hot and our winters are fairly wet. Um, I'm in the central Valley. Uh, so right butted right up to the foothills. So uh, we don't really get snow. Um, and it doesn't really get much below about 25 degrees here. Um, so, uh, citrus grow really well and fruit trees grow really well and vegetables and everything grows really well. I'm kind of in the agricultural belt, if you will, of California. Yeah, I went to Sacramento, I don't know, gosh, probably eight or nine years ago. And I remember driving out because I met a friend in San Francisco and I drove through that area and thinking, wow, there's a lot of agriculture. And I was hoping to see more like of the vineyards and the winery kind of stuff. But I think that was even further north, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not quite a, sure. <laughs> it's a little out of the way if you're headed from San Francisco or Sacramento to San Francisco. But yeah, I mean, if you go anywhere, 50, if you drive 15 miles anywhere outside of this area, you hit rural area. I mean, we're kind of a cow town and we like to think we're not, but it's <laughs> what we are. Cool. And so have you always, have, how long have you gardened there? Where's 
where I guess is your garden beginnings? Um, I've lived in this area. I haven't my whole life. I haven't moved more than about 40 miles away from home at any given point. Um, I have been gardening in my current location for a little less than a year, but I've been gardening in general in this area since mm, I would say about 1999, uh, like actively gardening in my own gardens. Um, and so I, I guess what, like almost 20 years, it's been a while. Yeah, that is a long time. So was your first garden like an apartment garden, kind of that kind of thing, or? Yeah, actually, um, it was a rental house. And this is really funny because I I lived with some roommates in this house, and there was a pool in the backyard, and there wasn't really anywhere to garden. And so I had this wooden shipping crate that I somehow acquired, and I put it on the concrete and planted bulbs, and that was really my first garden. It was the first garden that I'd, I'd really done by myself, and I was all proud of it, and it was pretty exciting. But it was kind of ghetto, I have to admit. <laughs> Um, and so how long did you have that garden then? Um, I guess I lived there a couple of years and it might, I don't know exactly when, if it was right as I moved in or a year later, uh, that I put the shipping crate in, but I remember the next year plant, like buying some annuals and putting them in there, but, um, there was really not a whole lot of gardening going on there, even though I yeah. really wanted to. Right. Yeah. Once you get bitten by the bug, you kind of like, it just grows and grows. Yeah. It's, it's, in a, it's an obsession. And so once you had left that garden, I guess, how did, how did your garden and gardening obsession grow from there? Well, you know, it's funny. I feel like I was born a gardener. I've sort of had it in my blood since I was a little kid. I remember my parents had like um, Sunset Western Garden Guides and, you know, Sunset is sort of an institution out here. Like I know you guys have uh, like Southern Living. Right. Uh, it's, It's a regional thing, right? So Sunset is like an institution and my parents had all these um, sunset Western garden guides. And I remember being really small, probably like six or, you know, between six and 10 and like flipping through these landscaping books. I mean, like, like what other six year, like 10 year old flips through landscaping books, but I don't know, there was just something about it. And it never clicked to me that like I could do that. And then once I had my own garden, I was like, Oh, game on, like I've got this. Um, I was really lucky uh, early on in my gardening career. I always lived in houses. And so I moved from that house and um, into a house that I bought and put in my first garden and, you know, have subsequently moved quite a few times since then. Um, and I've lived in a couple apartments and, you know, tried the best I could to garden in an apartment. But uh, it, it's not the same as like being able to put down roots, you know. Right. Definitely. Yeah. No, I can't imagine there's too many kids, especially these days, like flipping through garden <laughs> magazines. <laughs> it seems so strange to me now. And, you know, it wasn't my obsession as a kid, but I just certainly remember like going through those books and thinking how cool they were and reading my parents' Sunset magazines when they came in and like, oh, I would love to do that someday. And just kind of strange, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember looking through too many gardening magazines, but I do remember flipping through and especially for my grandmother, she liked roses. So there was always like, yeah. you know, catalogs and things like that. But, right. you know, when you're a kid, you don't really, like you said, put two and two together until much later. And you're like, I don't know. There's something about getting your first place and you see a container and you just buy whatever, you know, from a box store right, <laughs> and try right. your hand at it. So Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting is my parents weren't really gardeners. Um, they put in like a landscape. So they had grass and English ivy and they tried to like grow grapes one year to make their own wine. And that was kind of <laughs> the extent of their gardening. They like really didn't do a lot. And we never had a vegetable garden like and so for me to like come out this crazy gardener is just kind of like, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, sometimes you're just born with it. I think yeah. it just comes with you. 
And so like you had your crate garden and how did you, what, your next garden, you said you bought a house. What did you end yeah. up doing there? You know, um, I mainly gardened in pots, which sounds really funny, but I had the sense that I wasn't going to, we weren't going to be there forever. Um, and I didn't really want to put a garden in, but I will say there was this front area of that house that was, it was kind of like a hell strip, but it was on our property. And I remember getting my first garden catalog or, uh, you know, what it was is I saw, um, some daylilies like um, in a, in a picture in a magazine and they were masked and there was a ton of them like in a row. And I thought it was just gorgeous. And so I found out what kind of daylilies they were. And I, you know, back in the day of early Google, I went and Googled like, how do I buy these daylilies? <laughs> and Oaks daylilies in Tennessee popped up. And that was the very first like website purchase I made of plants. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I didn't even know you could buy like plants by mail order or online. And um, so I bought these three daylilies and it sort of grew from there. And so that whole front area was just, um, you know, flowers and those daylilies and annuals. And it's kind of where I, um, in a lot of ways, like learned how to garden and what works and what doesn't and what, what I can kill easily and what work, you know, what I can't, um, and when I left that house, I was there for three years. Um, the backyard was just grass. I had a ton of plants and pots. And when I left that house, I remember thinking like, oh, I really wish I could dig up those daylilies just because, you know, they're daylilies. They're ubiquitous. Like they're mm -hmm. everywhere. But there was just something really special about those daylilies because they were that was like my real first foray into gardening. Yeah, they had that memory attached to them that they're kind of yours. Absolutely. And, you know, where I live now, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go buy those daylilies again because they just represent something to me that I think is really cool. So did you, had you bought more? I have not yet. Um, I have a very long list of things and they are, they are <laughs> yeah. on it somewhere. I just don't know where their priority is. Yeah. You, you mentioned um, buying stuff on uh, the internet and gardening. It's, I've actually thought about this several times is how different like gardening has I mean, buying plants in the last 15 years probably has been compared to, you know, buying from catalog. And I've always wondered, like, how people even, like, bought different weird varieties. And I'm yeah. guessing you just had to, like, look in, like, gardening magazines and look at the ads in the back and sit off for a catalog. I guess so. Like, how would you know, like, what to buy? Or we, I mean, we have so much information at our fingertips. And I, you know, I grew up as a gardener, you know, when I started, the internet was kind of, you know, starting up and I mean, I sound like an old person, now, but, <laughs> but there was a lot of information out there when I started gardening is what I'll yeah. say. And yeah. it was really easy to like pick things up and read and do research. And I can't imagine not having that, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I have all these books on my shelves of sure. for gardening and I barely even crack them open because I can go to Google and find my answer in like three seconds. Right. The, the books get opened on, on, you know, on my shelves, like when it's raining or on a Friday night, if I'm bored, I'll like, go through the plant, like the Sunset Western Garden Guide and be like, oh, I'm just going to look through A through Z. Like, what are these plants? Because I want to waste a couple hours, you know, and I've, I've done a lot of that over the years. And that's how I've gained a lot of my information is just reading and paying attention. And um, some of it's been hands on. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the books are good for finding the things that you're, you're not thinking about, like the plants that you might have forgotten about because you don't see it on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. They're, I find books are written much more, um, I guess, nationally than regionally. Um, Definitely. Where, you know, I can go on Google and Google something, but it'll give me like local results. And because I live close to Davis and UC Davis does mm, a lot right. of, you know, research and agricultural stuff. And 
the um, California Master Gardeners are actually under the University of California. And so it's all sort of connected. So a lot of the, the search results I get back are very California centric. And so when I hear about people gardening and like my best friend lives in Montana. And so when I hear about what she can grow and like, I was like, what the heck kind of plant is that? I've never even heard of that, you know, <laughs> or, and right. we're like a thousand miles away from each other. And the gardening is so local. Um, that I think a lot of people forget that. And so books kind of remind me that gardening is local and there are different things. And, you know, some things work there that work here and, and vice versa. But I, I find that um, it's much more regional when you go online. Now, I know UC Davis used to, you could send off for like uh, clones and things that they've they've done. Do, oh. do you know if they still do that? I don't know. Um, I will Google when, it and find out. <laughs> yeah. When I was in Florida, I got cuttings of some mulberries and I, gosh, I can't even remember what, but, and I think it was garden web that when they were garden web, uh, told, you know, that's how I found out. And I printed off a list and mailed it out. And like, whenever they were able to ship it, I got these free cuttings and, wow. you know, I don't even remember what happened to it, but I'm actually curious now. I wonder if they still do that. I know. I'm going to go look because free plants are always like a gardener's obsession. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, you just moved into your new house recently. And um, can you, I guess, describe a little bit like what you found when you got there and how you're working to make your, your own uh, imprint on it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I bought my house last July. Um, I'm sort of in this weird rural pocket and this whole area is kind of like that where you'll be in the city and then like you'll go by a stop sign and then there's rural a rural area and um, I live at the end of a dirt road and I have a half acre and uh, you know a fairly decent sized house and when I moved here part of the reason I bought the house was because it was just a blank slate the only thing on the property besides grass was a few mature trees in the front yard and some what I would call like adolescent um, shrubs on the edge of you know the, near the fence in certain places um, and there was an irrigation system installed and I was like perfect this yeah. is exactly what I want uh, makes it super easy um, you know I'm not a big fan of grass and so like you know, I have almost a half acre or a third of an acre of it and it takes forever to mow. So slowly I'm, I'm going to like, you know, sheet mulch the grass and I can talk about that too, but like sheet mulch it and get rid of it and cover it and do all kinds of crazy different things to it. So it'll be much smaller. Um, so currently I haven't done a whole lot to the house. I planted, the only thing I did was plant fruit trees so far um, because those are, you know, the best time to plant a tree is yesterday. That's the yes. thing. For sure. So that was the first thing I wanted to do this year was get fruit trees in because it's going to take a couple of years for them to start maturing. And I was able to get, I think, I think I planted nine fruit trees so far. I think that's what I, I think that's really all I've done um, besides continue to put plants in pots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of something I've always done, but um, part of that too is um, when I've moved, I moved here and there was, there's sort of this idea that like you should live in a place for a year before you really start making big changes. And that wasn't my intention. I was going to, you know, jump right in last summer, but I had a really hard winter in terms of just some personal life stuff. And, uh, didn't really have a lot of time or really the energy to expend doing that. And so it wasn't until about late January, early February that I was like, I need to get these fruit trees in. And then sort of started uh, the ball rolling. And um, so I'm a little behind or, or I, I don't know, I guess I have the rest of my life, but yeah, <laughs> um, right. Um, or as long as I live here. But I, I definitely feel behind because uh, we once, you know, May 1st hits, it starts getting really hot here. And the, the easiest gardening season here is like spring and fall and mm -hmm. they don't last very long and so you sort of have this really narrow window if you want to like plant stuff and 
Um, I think that in, for some things I've passed that window. And so things are just going to live in pots for the summer and then I'll plant them in the fall. Yeah, that sounds good. What kind of fruit trees did you get? Um, um, peaches, nectarines, uh, a couple pears, a couple apples and an almond tree. And I plan to add apricot and cherry. I was just, like I said, a little late on the uptake this year. And when I went to go buy trees, the certain things weren't available. So, and I wanted specific varieties. Um, so I'll yeah, I was going to ask what kind of varieties, um, oh. I guess are local to your area. Well, um, like I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have, let me put it this way. There's a wholesaler tree company that called Dave Wilson nursery and they provide almost all the trees here in California for retail sales. Um, okay. so that's where I get all my trees. I think there's like, um, I think there's regional like tree companies like this is, is what I'd imagine. But um, I did search out trees that would do well in my area. And so I, I have a, a multi-graft peach, which has like multiple types of peach graft grafted onto it. And mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what the, what's on that because it's been a couple of years. Um, and then I had, cause I bought it and I put it in a pot cause. Oh, you've been ta- toting it around. Yeah. And we can talk about that too. <laughs> um, but I, uh, there's a mirror peach an Indian free peach, uh, double delight nectarine, uh, pink lady apple, a gala apple, Blake pride pear and a Bosque pear. And cool. I think it's all in one almond is what I bought. So that's all that's in the ground. And the almonds actually in a, in a pot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it in the ground soon enough. Hey, I was just, you mentioned the almonds. Almonds, um, they don't require multiple trees to pollinate and set fruit or for some reason, it seems like one of the trees that needed that, but I could be wrong. The almond I actually bought called all in one and the, it's self pollinating. Okay. And I think that was, it's bred to be self pollinating if I'm correct. And so that's why I bought that. Okay. And I think that, that was the only one available from where I bought it from too. Anyway, so. Makes it easy. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So do you want to talk about toting your plants around? Yeah. Um, I've moved a lot in the last few years, um, sort of unexpectedly. And when you asked me to do this podcast, the idea was kind of um, around leaving gardens. And I seem to be really good at leaving gardens. And so after my first house, um, I moved into another house. And that was really going to be like, oh, my forever house. I was going to live there for a long time. And that's where I really just like sunk my feet into the earth and put in raised beds and put in a ton of fruit trees and sheet mulched the heck out of the property and I started you know messing with the irrigation and ripping things out and just really making the garden my own and um, I was married at the time and my marriage sort of unexpectedly ended and I'll remember forever the day it happened because I was like my first reaction was like I was relieved, which is kind of strange, but the second reaction was, oh no, I'm going to lose my garden. And that was the worst part of it for me. I have to admit, like looking back, like, you know, my, my divorce was very, it was fairly amicable, but it was, you know, you're still losing someone. Right. But Mm -hmm. that, that sort of ended a a long time ago. And the grief I've had around that garden really lasted until about a year or two ago. Um, So at the time, um, I, I, at the time, I still had a lot of plants and pots. Imagine that. And I took all my plants and I put them on this really small deck in my apartment. And um, I purposely found like a south-facing apartment so they could get enough light. Um, you know, like everything I do is around gardening. It's kind of funny. Um, and I called them like my plant refugees. And not to make like light of the refugee situation, but like it was me and my plants. And that was yeah. that was the deal. And I gave a lot of plants away. And there was some that I kept. And um, I, there was a couple really cool bamboos that I had. And um, I can't remember some of the other stuff now. But um, 
I hauled those around for a really long time. I moved from that apartment into a house and I had a really nice landlord who let me, you know, take care of the yard and put stuff in. And that was super fun. And then I met someone and I moved in with him and I moved about 20 miles up the road to Auburn, California, which is um, sort of straight up gold country. I mean, it's about 10 miles from by the way the crow flies from where gold was first discovered in California. Social studies, fourth grade history (laughs) for you. Um, And um, when I moved there, I put I had a, I had this moment where I was like, I have to put roots down. I need to put all these plants on the ground. And so I put almost everything in the ground that I'd been carrying around for a long time. And um, sort of with the idea that I'm probably not going to stay here forever, you know, and right. again, again, that relationship ended. I moved here, but um, or I moved on, I guess I should say. But um, the only thing I have left that's in a pot that has not been planted that I've carried around forever. And I, I mean, I was thinking the other day, it's probably been that plant's almost 10 years. No, it's like, it's 10 years old. Um, it's a loquat tree. Have you ever heard of a loquat tree? Yes. Yes. I, um, I love loquats. Me too. Um, I don't know if they're true to seed though. Cause I planted it from a seed of one of the ones that I ate. That was just like incredible. Um, you know, like they, they graft fruit trees. Right. And I, and I don't know if, they graft. So anyways, I'm guess, I guess I'm going to find out, but it's, it's in a pot. It's in a very large pot and it's been sulking for a very long time. <laughs> and so my goal is this fall, once it cools off and the soil is still warm, I'm going to plant that here on my property. That's like my stake in the ground. It's like my flag, you know? So that's really the only plant I have left, but yeah, I, I've hauled plants around and every time I move, it's kind of a big joke. Like my plants go first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I do know the, um, I do know what it means to tote plants around because we we did that several times in Florida, moving yeah. just pots after pots after pots, and yeah. and that was like the last thing we would like make four trips just moving plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and thankfully, like I said, I haven't moved very far, and I know you've sort of moved between states. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I, yeah. So I've been lucky where I can you know take a truckload of plants over and then go back. Like I, so after I left Auburn, I moved into an apartment because I needed a place to live really quickly, and this was available. And it was really actually quite a nice apartment. It sat like on the edge of a creek. It was really beautiful, um, but it was an apartment, you know. And mm-hmm. I had this patio, and it was ground floor, and I sort of dealt with it. And um, there was no water, so I had to like haul water from my kitchen sink out out to the patio. And um, I had a lot of plants and pots and still do and from that from that apartment then I moved into a rental house that I expected to live in for quite a long time um there was you know I won't go into it but um I didn't think I could buy a house by myself and so I was renting and found out that I could buy a house last summer and 62 days later I owned this house and so that's that's sort of how it all worked and so now the universe is kind of like okay now you need to put all these plants in the ground because this is getting really old yeah (laughs) so yeah, that loquat's going to be really excited to stretch its roots out for sure. Oh, I, I bet it's just going to explode. Ah, oh, that's exciting. Have you, named, have you named the loquat? It seems like he needs a name. No, but th- that's funny because I do name everything. <laughs> I'll think of it and I'll let you know. Okay, cool. So what are your grand plans for your for your new place? To take over the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know... I really like the idea of, and I, this is sort of how I've always gardened, is um, the idea of like an edible landscape, but also sort of like a permaculture landscape. Um, and the idea that uh, the landscape is somewhat self-sustaining and that 
you know, all of the outputs are, you know, kept on the property and I don't need a lot of inputs eventually. That's kind of the goal. Um, so right now what I'm, what I'm focused on is um, getting everything sheet mulched and um, sheet mulching, if you, I, I'm assuming you're, you're familiar, but yeah. it's where you, where you scalp the ground and then you, you water it and then you put like compost and there's many ways to do it, but like what I typically do is put compost down and then you put a, a layer of cardboard and then you put a ton of mulch on top of it. And I found that works incredibly well. And I've done it um, everywhere I've lived um, that I've put in a garden and fruit trees that I continue to not be able to live there long enough to get the fruit from. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's life. But I'm going to sheet mulch quite a bit. I already started after I planted my fruit trees and I've been saving cardboard for like two years. And I even moved cardboard to this house knowing that like I was going to sheet mulch here. It was kind of cool. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, like eventually I'd like to have my fruit trees. I'd like to, I put in raised beds everywhere I go. And so that's sort of the next thing. And um, I don't know if this summer, I don't think I'm going to be able to get the raised beds in because I, um, it's just getting a little late. So I was thinking about doing a straw bale garden. I don't know if you've ever uh, done that. Yeah. I, I've never done it, but I've heard of them. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that that will be fun. And um, so anyway, so I was going to put in raised beds and, you know, put in, put some new fence fencing in and um, sort of have like a, like a, a wildlife area in my garden and just, um, like a greenhouse and chickens and, you know, the whole nine yards is, is the goal, but um, it's just me. So yeah, it's right. going to take a couple of years to yeah, get it planned out. Yeah. And it's funny because I had a girlfriend who bought a house around the same time I did and she has a much tinier yard than I do. I mean, she probably lives on maybe an eighth of an acre, whereas yeah. mine's a half acre. And, um, you know, she's already got like everything in and everything installed. And I'm just like, oh gosh, I wish, but you know, truly we've kind of done the same amount of work. It's just that mine is much, you know, my, mine is just much more spread out than hers yeah. is. So I have to remind myself of that just because it doesn't look like I haven't done anything doesn't mean I haven't. Right. So you mentioned permaculture. Are you going to really get in the nitty gritty with the zones and try to geek out on that? Or are you just going to kind of glean what you want from that and make it yours? I'm kind of the type of person where like I, I take what I want, what I like and leave the rest. And I try not to be militant about anything just because that doesn't work for me real well. Um, I don't like being told what to do and I like to do my own thing. And, you know, there's people who say, Oh, you're going to kill that plant. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to kill that plant. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep it alive. And <laughs> at least I learned something, you know? Right. And so that's always sort of been my idea is I just want to try this and see if it works. You know, if it, if it doesn't, then, oh, well, that's just a plant. I'll, I'll move on, you know? So, I mean, at some point I might be really into it. I, um, my best friend went through a permaculture class this past summer and uh, I thought that was pretty cool and maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm keeping my options open at the time at this time. Yeah. No, I'll definitely be interested to see, I guess, how you evolve with that because I was really interested in permaculture for there for a while, but I don't know. I felt like you could become the cult of permaculture and I'm probably going to piss yeah. people off here, but <laughs> it's I know, I know a little nutty on, a on occasion. So, but yeah, um, it's sort of that idea of militancy where you have to do it a certain way, like, right. But that way it's wrong. And I just don't really respond well to that kind of um, motivation, I suppose. Yeah. And so that's why I like really like just kind of playing in my garden and trying things out. And like the straw bale kind of came about because I was like, I really don't, I don't, I don't really want to put in raised beds because the ones I want to put in, I can't really afford this summer. Um, I could do them in the, the big grow bags, you know, those felt grow bags because I yeah. have a couple of them, but I don't really want to do that either. And so I was like, what, what else can I do? And I was on Pinterest of all places and I was like, oh, I could totally do a straw bale garden, even though I'm probably like three months late doing it here. You know, it is eh. what it is. 
throw some herbs in there and yeah, it'll be a, fun. a tomato, see what happens. Right. Right. And that, and that's the deal. It's, for me, it's all experimentation because for me, I, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be like the master of gardening. There's nothing you can master about gardening because there's so many variables and, you know, mother nature, you know, it's, it's up to, it's up to her really. Um, so you're not really in control and you're not really in charge. So you might as well make it fun and play with things, you know, and that's kind of always how I've approached gardening. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, let's see. Flowers or edible. You like both, right? Yeah. I, I lilies. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll plant both. Um, and a lot of times I, um, you know, I acquire plants from friends and whatever and nurse them back to health and, and, and throw them out in the garden or in a pot if, as the case has been. Um, so definitely flowers, vegetables, fruit trees, you know, anything that grows in the ground for the most part I'll have in my garden probably or on my property. Yeah. Um, so like you said, you were talking about kind of a difficult climate with your narrow windows of good weather. Um, I guess what are some of the bad things and challenges you have to deal with and what are the benefits of, of your area? Sure. Uh, I would say not first and foremost, one of the challenges here in California is water. Um, it, it's a huge issue. You know, we've had an ongoing drought the last few years and I live um, south, like just below Folsom Lake um, and Folsom Lake is a, a huge, it's where I get my water from. It's where like 500,000 people get their water here in the area. And so, you know, our lakes have dropped to historically low levels and um, it, it was really dicey last summer and uh, I work in the water industry also. So I'm probably much more acutely aware of, of what's going on. And um, so water is definitely an issue. Um, the heat here where I live, it, where I live, it, it gets really crazy hot in the summer. And um, probably, like I said, from around May 1st, it starts, you know, we're going to have our first 90 degree day here pretty quickly. If we haven't already, I think we might've already had a 90 degree day in, in April. Sounds like us. Yeah. It's kind of like you guys for sure. Um, thankfully it's a dry heat here, so it's not as bad, but there's the, there's a couple weeks in July, right dead center in the summer where it's just like 105 to 110 for like 10 consecutive days. And like everyone wants to kill each other because it's so hot and everyone's super agitated. Um, and so what, what happens for me anyway, is once it gets to like Memorial day and it's a hundred degrees, like I don't want to go in my garden unless it's cool. And so I'll wait, you know, till at night, um, or I'll do it early in the morning, but I don't want to be out in the middle of the day cause I'll get heat exhaustion. You know, I've got some health stuff going on. So oh, yeah. it's, it's very easy for me to get overheated. Um, but California is interesting. I guess any state is in the way our climate is, is we have like all the zones, you know, we have Alpine to tropical, uh, depends on where you live. And, um, and we really, where I live, we kind of have two seasons. We have the, the warm dry season and the wet cold season. And mm-hmm. when I say when I say cold, it's not really that cold here. Um, and that's actually one of the benefits is that it doesn't get super cold here. I mean, we'll have cold snaps every few years that'll come in and there'll be like 18 degrees and it'll kill all the citrus trees and uh, a lot of people will lose plants. And, you know, then we all replant everything and go another 10 or 15 years and have another one of those snaps happen. And uh, but generally speaking, uh, it doesn't get very cold in the wintertime here. Um, and our frost season here is from about Thanksgiving to um, I'm trying to think, uh, like St. Patrick's Day. So we have okay. a fair, we have a fairly short winter. Um, so that's actually one of the benefits of living here is it is nice and we have a really great fall. It's very extended, and spring can be um, either short or long depending on you know. Yeah. Right. 
this year actually it's been fairly cool um and we have like a, a few days of 70s coming so that's great like as long as it's that i'm trying to get as much done as i can while it's still cool um so those are sort of the pros and cons and we can really grow anything our growing season is crazy long especially if you have like a greenhouse and or row covers you can grow pretty much year-round here so i would say that's definitely a benefit if you're a gardener but it, it, you gotta like the heat you know Right. I mean, this is the same with us. So we have the humidity thrown in there and that just, you know, makes everything rot. So yeah. Right. And it's just, it's just no fun. No, I was actually thinking about your growing seasons. Um, and you kind of answered it with your frost, um, because you said nine A or nine B nine B nine B. Okay. Um, as I was thinking, maybe you could do like winter tomatoes, but if you guys get frost, it sounds like maybe not. Yeah. Tomato. I mean, when we get in the grocery stores, we have obviously hothouse tomatoes and they're grown around here. I mean, it's not, it doesn't get cold enough. Like if you have a heated greenhouse, it's not that much more effort or energy or work to like get tomatoes if you really wanted them. Okay. So I'm just not, I'm just not that excited because I think by then everybody's sick of tomatoes and just wants them to be gone, you know, doesn't want to eat anymore by that time. I, I was just trying to put it into perspective uh, in Florida because I was in 10A and oh. our growing season was, is it was winter for in that South Florida. And so you started tomato season late August, September, and then you were harvesting by December. Yeah. And so I was trying to, to figure out exactly, but it yeah, sounds like actually, not quite for you guys. Actually, um, you can have a second uh, tomato season here. Uh, if you plant early enough, you know, start here, start seeds here in February, and then you have your first round, but then you start them again sometime in the summer and you plant them, I think in August or September, and you, you will get tomatoes by Thanksgiving. Okay. As long as the weather holds. And it typically does. So, right. I, I'm just, by that time, like I said, I'm sick of tomatoes. And I don't care. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to grow anymore. So what is your favorite vegetable to grow then? Um, that's a great question. Um, I'm weird in that I love to grow vegetables and then I give them away or I don't eat them. And I don't know what that is about, but, um, I really like tomatoes. They're easy and, um, peppers and tomatillos. That's some of my favorite stuff. Tomatillos. My favorite. Yeah. Just easy stuff. Like, and you know, a lot of, like I have a, my dental hygienist, who's actually a friend of mine, she's a huge gardener too. And she like every year grows a ton of different tomatoes and likes, likes to grow like new varieties. And I'm kind of the person where if I go to a restaurant, I order the same thing every time because I know I like it. And so I only grow a few varieties of tomatoes and peppers because I know I like them and they're easy. And you know, once I have more space and can experiment and have more fun, I'll probably grow more varieties. But right now I don't grow a whole lot. And so for tomatoes, this year I started green zebras, um, San Marzanos, and I think Superbush, which I had never grown before, but it's supposed to stay small. So I put it in like one of those felt pots. I had a smallish one uh, mm-hmm. left over from when I planted blueberries. And I thought that was um, just an interesting way to do it. So I think that's all I started for tomatoes. Um, I started a tomatillo, a couple green tomatillo plants, and um, of uh, like jalapeno pepper. I think started Serrano pepperonis because I want to can those because I eat a ton of those. And um, there was a couple other that I don't. I think a habanero and, but I only like grow what I'll eat because otherwise, you know, I'll just have so much. So much of it will go to waste. Right. Yeah, that's going to be difficult. I mean, if you're on your own, being one person. I mean, it's hard enough. Like, I mean, we can't even eat. We have two people, and we we grow a lot. So much more than we we eat. And yeah. even though we can it and freeze it, it's still like, I mean, we have carrots that we grew last year that we still have in our freezer. So oh, wow. <laughs> it takes a long time to eat um, 
sometimes. I guess maybe if we planned a little bit better, but so. I I mean, planning would take some of the fun out of it, I think. Yeah. But it's good that you can share with people and I don't know. I take stuff to work and people love it, so. That's good. Although last year, I will say, um, I went through this period of like my life where for five years I couldn't eat tomatoes and peppers, and it was very, very sad. <laughs> very I remember sad. that. I remember you yeah, saying something um, about that. Yeah. So um, I got really sick in 2010 and um, was on some medication that was causing these major food sensitivities. I could hardly eat anything, and tomatoes and peppers were some of the stuff I couldn't eat. And so last year, some of my medications got changed about a year ago in April, and. Um, I felt like a new human being again, and all of a sudden I could eat them again. And so it was a little late to start um, uh, peppers and tomatoes, but I did anyway. And I got one pepper and one tomato, and I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, you know, I also moved and wasn't really taking care of them and um, wasn't watering them. And so I could have had a much more bountiful harvest than I did, but it was sort of symbolic. I was like, yes, I got one of each. And so, but yeah, in the past when I've grown, I've taken a lot of stuff to work when I was married or even after that. Yeah. So you said you can the pepperoncinis. Um, do you have a special recipe or just find a good? Yeah, I don't actually. I've never, I've never canned them. It has always been my plan, um, but I've never actually grown enough to can have enough to oh, can okay. one at one time. Um, I grew this one variety, I think it was like Greek, golden Greek pepperoncini, um, and I grew one plant, and when I saw how, how much it had, how many peppers it had on it, I was, I, I got the good idea, I was like, oh my gosh, I could grow like three or four of these, and then I could can't have enough to can at once, and um, that was in my garden in Auburn, and you know, I've moved a few times since, and haven't had a real true garden since then, and so this is the first year I've had one, so I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to grow a bunch of these, and, and actually have enough to can, so it'll be interesting, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I'd be excited to see like how it turns out and uh, how you do that. I'm not a big fan of uh, peppers or canned peppers, but I know, I know people really like them. So. Oh, I love pepperoncinis. They're my favorite. Cool. So I guess um, since you're kind of a blank slate, how have you been teaching yourself to kind of to do some of these big projects? Um, it's been funny because I, I've done a lot of these projects before. And okay. I, I've had a lot of experience with like raised beds. I've done multiple kinds of raised beds. Like I did the Trex decking, you know, the composite decking raised beds. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do that. It's a bad idea. <laughs> Learned my lesson there. I thought it would be cool. It wasn't. Um, I've done the uh, um, Redwood two by four raised beds. I think you see it a lot on Pinterest. It's Sunset Magazine did a really beautiful write up and like, you know, how to pictures. And I, we did that at my lot when I lived in Auburn and they were gorgeous, but they were super expensive. Right. Uh, and both the, the last a long time. And so when I moved here, I'm like, Oh, I could just do pine boards. They won't last as long, but that's fine. And, you know, just, it, so I, I've done a lot of these garden projects before and it's just a matter of like redoing them yet again. Right. <laughs> um, so in that way it's frustrating, but at least I, I've made my mistakes and I know what works and what doesn't. And, you know, I've sheet mulched a ton of stuff before. And I I will say that um, in my area, at least, it worked really well over fruit trees, you didn't have to water them nearly as much because it held so much, you know, um, the uh, mulch holds so much water, and it keeps it stored underground, and it it helps regulate rainfall and, you know, releases slowly into the ground. And there's so many benefits to sheet mulching, at least in California. Um, Master gardeners here actually recommend it too, but I know in other places they have termite issues, so they don't necessarily recommend that. So okay. 
I would always, I always tell people to check with their local master gardeners. Um, cause they, you know, we all have our own, we all have our own gardening is local right. and, uh, we all have our own options. So, um, but in a matter of teaching, teaching myself things, um, I, I don't know, I, I guess I've just, I've done a lot of stuff before. And, um, when I was a kid, my, my family built a house. And so me and my sister are actually fairly handy that way. Um, and so right now sort of my, um, acquisition mode is tools. And recently I just like, um, I have a friend who moved into a really small house and he has a ton of tools and he's like, Oh, they can come to summer camp at your house. <laughs> and so, um, it's just a matter of like getting all the tools and doing all the stuff, having the time and being able to do it myself and ask friends for help. And, um, but yeah, you know, it's that, uh, damsel not in distress. Yes. Uh, so I guess what's, what's the next big project on your agenda then for summer and fall? Um, summer might be relaxing and staying cool. Yeah. Um, I would say sheet mulching all the way around my fruit trees. Um, I got a big pile of wood chips from a neighbor, which is cool, and just dumped it in my yard, and I just have to move them and put cardboard down around my fruit trees. Um, my next big project, I would say, is irrigation and getting um, my fruit trees being able to be watered. And I have sort of this walkway in the front of my house where all my potted plants are. And um, I had mentioned that I, I put blueberries in pots. Yeah. I put them in some of those big felt pots. That way I can control like the soil because they like really acidic soil. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no irrigation in that area. So I, I'm hand watering right now, but um, I'm going to go on a couple trips this summer. And so I'm not going to be around. And so I need really, before it gets hot, I need to set up um, drip systems because that has been where I failed as a gardener before is that I'm like, oh, I'll just water by hand. It'll be easy. And then by July, I'm like, I don't want to go outside. So. Right. So getting the irrigation squared away here in the next week or so is that's really actually what I'm going to do this weekend. Um, so that sheet mulching. And I think kind of that's going to be it. I, I do have to put a fence. Um, my, my backyard is open to the front. It's kind of this weird deal. Um, and I need to put like a, um, a T post fence up. And uh, so a lot of my stuff is kind of construction related. It's not necessarily like putting plants in the ground right now. It's um, the hardscaping, the, putting uh, wood together and that kind of stuff. So getting the bones for the garden ready. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so hopefully when, you know, fall comes around, um, once, once it cools off again, um, I'll be motivated <laughs> to continue that, but hope, Sorry. hoping that's fine. Hoping for a different, a different outcome this fall and, and winter. Cool. I'm excited to yeah. see, see how it grows and how it changes. And I, I just imagine a nice little fruit grove and, yeah. And it's, 10 years. One of my favorite things um, online, um, I started gardening really in earnest back in like 2007. And I started a garden blog and there was a number of us who had these really like naive, cute garden blogs back in the day. And, and all it was, was us like cataloging and talking and telling stories about our projects and like before and afters. And it was so much fun. And I really miss that. And I don't find that there's a lot of that anymore. And so Every so often on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen it, I'll put the call out like, hey, is there anybody who knows of garden blogs or just talking about their projects? And so um, my goal is eventually to like continue to start talking about my projects on my own blog um, because, you know, be the change you want to see. And, you know, people are interested in what you're doing. And you're like, I couldn't like I don't need you to tell me like clickbait on how to like plant a fruit tree. Like, I'll, like, here's what I planted. Here's what it looked like before. You know, that's cool. I like before and afters. Yeah, or five steps to whatever. (laughs) Or, yeah, anyways. Yeah. It's, you know, anything that can be put on Pinterest now. And it's a little frustrating to have seen how it's changed over the past few years. And 
you know, even though I still blog, even though I started as a garden blogger, I wouldn't consider myself a garden blogger anymore. Um, just because, it, you know, the genre has changed so much. It's just, there's not a lot of that anymore. Right. So. It definitely seems like uh, it's moved to social media. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know people post things on Facebook a lot and I mean, I'm not on there anymore, but I know that was a good outlet. And then it seems like Instagram is kind of like a the micro blogging genre now. Yeah. And that's where I see most of the before and after type stuff is definitely on Instagram or people sharing stuff on Twitter, but there's not a lot, you know, there's not a lot of those kind of blogs anymore. And I think mm -hmm. it's just because after a while, either you get tired of it, you get burned out by it, or you're done with your projects and, you know, you move on with your life. It's not something you sustain. And um, you've seen a lot of, a lot of bloggers just that happens too. And like one day they just stop updating their blog and um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot of people on my blog roll over the years. I'm like, what happened to them? And right. so you just stop. You're like, ah, what happened? Well, when you when you read a blog for so long, you sort of consider the person like an acquaintance or a friend. And then once they disappear, and I've had this actually happen where I, like this one woman was blogging regularly and we talked a lot. And then all of a sudden she dropped off the face of the planet and never heard from her again. And like a year later, I sent her an email and um, she never responded. And I'm like, okay, right on, like, cool, whatever. But it was just so weird. You know, you, you sort of get attached to these people. <laughs> At least I do. Yes. And I, I have to say, like, I met a lot of my friends through garden blogging uh, back in the day. And I went to um, Garden Blogger Spring Fling back in 2009 when it was in Chicago. And I got to meet like Mr. Brown Thumb and My Skinny Garden. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. So these people are like my in real life friends now. And so we talk a lot. And it's, you know, we've been friends for almost like 10 years. And even though they started out as internet friends, it, 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 we have a lot in common and it's, it's been really fun and very um, rewarding for me to uh, have these friends and make these friends like you, you know, yeah. you know, who have what you have in common. And even though it's just online, like I would consider you a friend, I follow your stuff, you know? So. Hey, that's good to know. Cause I was, I think the same thing. I'm like, is it weird when I like, do I, am I stalking? Is this, is, no. <laughs> not, I'm not just saying you, but just anybody right. like you, when you start liking somebody yeah, in their blog and you just connect to them and yeah. um, I, you know, I don't know. I think I found you on seed chat and I don't remember what it was, but you hmm. had, um, that's where I found several people on seed chat. And I really, I really miss that a lot. So Cool. So I guess we can wrap up and uh, if you'd like to tell everybody where they can follow your garden uh, experience and uh, where they might be able to see how things evolve. Sure. Um, I blog at norcalkady.com and that is also my Twitter username at norcalkady. And those are really the two main areas I'm at. Um, and I link to like my Instagram and stuff from there occasionally. And uh my links are on my blog as well. So if you find those two things, you can find me pretty much anywhere. And I, I like to say that, like, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> you, can, you can Google me and, like, the three other Katie Swanbergs in the United States probably hate me because I'm, like, the first couple pages of search results. <laughs> so not hard to find. Yeah, I'll put uh, – I'll make sure to put those links up in the show notes too so people can click on them if they want. So Great. Cool. Thank you. Yes. Thanks so much for uh, coming on here and talking and – uh, I'm, I don't know. I really want to see your loquat in the ground because I can have a feeling he's going to take off. Yeah, I, I would love to show that picture on my blog eventually. Cool. All right. Um, and I guess just hang tight and uh, I'll just stop the broadcast here. Cool. Thank you.